0: All we can be sure of is this. Zach Barry and Grayson Weir are hashtag not Not committed.
2: committed. Ah, I love a good train wreck.
1: Hey, hey, what up? This is Not Committed. I'm your host, Zach Barry, joining me, as always, Grayson Weir. We are here recording a little bit earlier than normal, Tuesday, February 1st. Going to talk some more transfer portal. What else is there to discuss? We will uh, we'll briefly recap what happened over the weekend as uh, we were reporting it for some time, and then it finally became officially official. Uh, Grayson and I will recap the uh, man big splash to, to the end of January for Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin, and then we will also touch on some names that are on the hot list, remaining targets for the portal as Ole Miss heads into spring practice and into the summer uh, where some of these guys will be making their decisions. Grayson, good afternoon. How are we doing?
2: I'm doing well, Zach. It's good to be back. A lot of big news for Ole Miss, a lot of big news for college football, and we were on top of it all.
1: We were. uh, Briefly, um, right before we hit record, Caleb Williams officially, officially, official to – the Southern California Trojans. You had it. Um, uh, I mean, you, you tweeted it out. You, you put it in the interwebs for everyone to read. Uh, I, you, you covered all your bases and uh, you had it. Um, you've had it for quite a while. You've been telling me that this was a done deal. Um, he was just kind of doing his due diligence, taking his time, uh, thinking it over with his family. Um, that Look, it, we're only talking about this on an Ole Miss podcast because uh, it was rumored for quite some time that Caleb Williams' decision was going to affect what Jackson Dart was doing. It clearly did not, as Dart went, uh, I guess, "quote unquote" official uh, before Caleb Williams. But uh, but you had it first, so uh, hat tip to you, my friend.
2: Absolutely, and and Nick Suss tweeted this out, so we're gonna we're gonna recap the the t- three team trade here. Shout out to Nick Suss. Okay. Um, USC gets head coach Lincoln Riley and quarterback Caleb Williams. Oklahoma gets offensive coordinator, Jeff Levy. Ole Miss gets quarterback Jackson Dart and Michael Trigg. So the three team trade that was not actually a trade is now official. And Ole Miss came out with a pretty nice haul and Oklahoma, you know, sucks.
1: Yeah. As a, uh, as a friend of mine said earlier, uh, Oklahoma got fleece. Uh, they were uh They were taken to the cleaners, you could say. Um, They sure were. A lot of uncertainty there, too. you got a uh, first-year head coach, a new offensive coordinator, and uh, you lose your five-star quarterback. You lose your five-star receiver. And, um, yeah, you lose out on uh, Jackson Dart and uh, Michael Trigg, who went uh, official over the weekend. Uh, We've been talking about it for a while now. Uh, Before we get into the portal – uh, targets for the rest of the spring and summer, uh, mainly focusing on the wide receiver room. Just real quick, uh, we, we've talked about their game, but just what do you anticipate their their effect being uh, in spring practice? As a, it's a pretty quick turnaround for the two that are uh, in Oxford, they are in class and they are, uh, I would assume, getting acclimated to uh, getting in their spring workouts and getting to know their uh, new teammates.
2: So with Trig, I think the big Thing for his spring is getting back on the field getting back to full practices full contact by the end of spring um you know he's rehabbing that lower leg injury we'll see what his strength looks like come spring ball he should be good to go um we don't know that for sure but we'll see you know by the time he, the guys get back on the field we'll see if trig's out there with him and if he is the spring for him is going to be less about establishing himself in the offense and establishing himself at Ole Miss and more about just getting healthy and feeling good on a football field again. So then over the summer, he can get really acclimated with Ole Miss and, and and get ready for the upcoming season for Jackson Dart. Kiffin's going to play this as a quarterback battle because he should. Could Luke Altmaier go in there and win the starting job with an unbelievable spring an incredible summer and start week one, sure, absolutely. Kiffin's going to give him that opportunity because he is a good quarterback you know, on the high school level and has shown some promise on the collegiate level. So he's going to have that opportunity. But for Jackson Dart, he's going to go in there. He's going to say, hey, look, guys, this is my team. I'm quarterback one. He's going to win the quarterback battle and make an immediate impact at Ole Miss. It's going to be really, really fun to watch with him on the offense.
1: I talked to a former player and was asking how much of an effect it'll have for, for these guys really cut it close. Uh, I don't think they were cutting it close with the decision. Um, you and I both know that the decision was made pretty much the 16th of January when they left Oxford, right. but they took their time um, almost, I guess three weeks time to uh, officially get to Oxford, get enrolled. Um, but I asked a, a former player uh, who, has been at the college level and has gone through a spring practice and, and the rigors of that, and getting into a playbook, um, getting into workouts, building that chemistry, the camaraderie with your teammates and, and his takeaway, I don't think it's too far fetched. And I agree with it. He said that he probably it's not out of the realm of possibility that, that Altmire will be ahead of dart in the spring. Just he, he knows the team. Um, he's worked out with these guys he's thrown to them. and he knows the, you know, the playbook's going to be different, but I think there's going to be a lot of similarities. Charlie Weiss jr. Does things differently than how Jeff Levy did it, but there's going to be some, some passing concepts, some schemes that are similar. I would anticipate that Altmaier could potentially have a leg up just because he's been there. He's, and it's more than football too. I, I think dart is, is moving to a completely new place he's moving into a a new apartment or whatever Um, getting acclimated outside of football plays a role here too but I'm with you I think that I would be incredibly shocked if Jackson Dart is not taking the first snap against Troy in September Um, but yeah I thought that was interesting just from a former player's perspective looking at it that way And, and I don't think that's too crazy but Again, it's it's the spring. I think Kiffin's going to play this exactly how we expect him to. Kiffin is always very coy with with competitions. He's not going to be very. Um, <laughs> I don't think he's going to be too compelling in interviews and in press no. conferences, and he's not going to give away what he's doing. I think he's going to give not only give both guys a shot at winning the job, but I think they're going to get a pretty balanced diet of getting reps with the ones just to have them both prepared for you know if either one of them is that guy that takes the first snap against Troy both are going to have tons of reps and, and tons of mental reps to to be the guy but I, I would anticipate Dart being the starter we talked about it at ad nauseum I feel like for the past couple weeks I, I, I think Trigg is the runaway favorite to be the tight end in the fall, and it's because of the skill set that he brings and the type of playmaking ability that he has that, that that was lacking in 2021 for Ole Miss. So two huge pickups for the Rebels there, at two key spots on offense. I mean, you're replacing an all-world um, type of talent in Matt Corral, who is arguably the best quarterback that Ole Miss has had since a guy named Eli Manning. Um, and – you know, takes you to 10 regular season wins, first time ever, takes you to another Sugar Bowl, and uh, did it all, you know, banged up. Bad wheel and all, um, injuries all over the place, not just him, but, but, but elsewhere. And um, it, it's big shoes to fill for, you know, whether it's Dart or Altmire. But uh, you get a quarterback, and then you get a tight end in a position that was, was really lacking some, uh, some game-breaking ability.
2: I'm just curious to see, like you said, uh, Lane's going to keep this very close to the chest. I'm curious to know, you know, in the spring, uh, how much we kind of really get from him and how much of a look we get into the quarterback battle. Um, Because I don't don't think we're going to be able to really see or hear too much out of Oxford in terms of Altmaier versus Dart, but it'll be fun to watch either way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Real quick, before we jump into the remaining portal targets into the spring and in summer we're going to take a break here from the sponsors that make the show possible and uh, when we get back more transfer portal hang tight this podcast is brought to you by lamar yard oxford's indoor outdoor restaurant bar and entertainment space on south lamar in oxford 10,000 square feet of indoor space and three quarters of an acre of outdoor space complete with a full-stage indoor and outdoor projectors, three bars, a children's playground, and parking on site for you to come and enjoy all of their open fire barbecue and the fixings that come with it. And now you can contact Lamar Yard and ask them about their catering and private event rental options. Perfect for that next big celebration and or the Grove Party in the fall. Or if you want to inquire about doing some catering in the spring for Ole Miss Baseball, They are your quintessential family and pet-friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at LamarYard.com. Football season is back at Ole Miss. As we all know, we are rolling in to the end of the 2021 season. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than So Wild and South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top-notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. Whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two for one with Moscow mules, all of that and more, the best and brightest in house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solahoxford.com or call them at 662 238 3500 and place your order today. Show also brought to you by Memphis restaurateur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. of the wide plush always Fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, the driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up that short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. And we are back here, not committed. Zach Barry Grayson, we are with you. All right, Grayson. Ole Miss put a, uh, an awfully uh, nice bow at the end of January to this portal class, um, looking at who they have added, uh, I guess, in January alone. We already talked about Dart and uh, Trigg. They were also able to bring in Jared Ivey, most recently the defensive end from Georgia Tech. We'll get into him in the second segment, um, talk about his game, but they added J.J. Pegues. Um, Troy Brown the linebacker from Central Michigan and um, I'm I'm trying to make sure I didn't miss anybody else but uh, it was a busy January not only adding players with experience at Power 5 uh, or G5 in Brown's case but um, also making sure to to add guys that have multiple years of eligibility left I think that's huge it's not just a bunch of grad transfers where you just get a, a a you know, a stop, you know, just kind of like a a one-year stop in Oxford, play one season. I mean, these are guys that can come in and and play multiple years. Um, Looking ahead to the potential remaining targets for the rest of the spring and uh, into the summer, uh, I think it basically – Outside of one guy, it starts and ends at the receiver position. They're looking to replace their three top pass catchers from 2021. Braylon Sanders, Ontario Drummond, Jacor Pearson, all gone. A um, lot of production that you're having to replace, but uh, looking at who they signed, um, Larry Simmons, Jeremiah Dillon, Jordan Watkins, the transfer from Louisville, three guys. Uh, I expect Watkins to come in and be a factor immediately. Simmons and Dillon coming out of high school, Maybe have a chance to make an impact. I'm leaning towards a redshirt year just to get acclimated to college and the speed of the game. But looking at who they're potentially looking at at the position, um, who kind of jumps out to you right now?
2: Well, here's the thing: we talked about this a little bit on Friday. the The wide receiver room at Ole Miss is very solid as is. If it was to stay put. It would be a very productive receiver room with a lot of top you know, quality guys who had the stars out of high school and who have kind of burst onto the scene on the collegiate level, but none of them are above 6'2". Jonathan Mingo is the tallest wide receiver in the room at 6'2". Dennis Jackson's 5'11". Mark Britt mostly plays defense nowadays. He's 6'1". Larry Simmons is 6'1". You know, all these guys that are coming in, Jordan Watkins is six-foot. They lack the real true size guy. And so I think that'll be you know, kind of the big target here as Ole Miss starts to look to sure out that receiver room. And the guy that stands out to me, I, I think the most of the potential targets from a size standpoint, obviously Deion Smith has shown that he's going to do big things on the collegiate level. His game against Central Michigan had like 135 receiving yards and two touchdowns. Obviously that's Central Michigan – but he was going against a Central Michigan defense that we know was pretty solid. So he's kind of the guy for me to watch for. Now, you and I have talked back and forth at nauseum as to whether he'll be academically eligible or not. We don't know. We don't really know what it looks like on the LSU side of things. We don't really know what it looks like the Ole Miss admission side of things. Could Deion Smith's classes transfer? Could they not? Is his GPA an issue? Nobody really knows what the exact snafu is there, but it seems to be more than likely like Smith may not be able to make his way out of LSU. But if he does, that's all but a sure thing. And I think at 6'3", 205 pounds, give or take, out of Jackson, Mississippi, playing back in his home state, he has a real opportunity to kind of emerge into that wide receiver one, not necessarily from – A catches standpoint, not necessarily from a yardage standpoint, but from a tried and true, strong, big guy who you split out wide, who goes deep, who can come across the middle and light somebody up if he has to, who can make big catches in space. But more importantly, like I said, line him up on the outside and send him deep. And down in the red zone, throw him a jump ball to the corner. So I think Deion Smith is a huge name that would be an immediate impact on the outside for Ole Miss for Jackson Dart or Luke Altmyer to kind of look to as their number one target. If he's not open, great. Then you can go to some of those other guys across the middle, inside, you know, on the, on the post routes, et cetera. You can find the Dennis Jacksons of the world. You can find the Jonathan Mingos of the world, who again, is not a small guy, 6'2", 225. He's a big dude, but he fits more, coming across the middle where you throw him the ball in traffic, they're missing that big wide receiver threat that goes deep. Not unlike a DK Metcalf. I'm not comparing Dion De- Smith to DK Metcalf because they're very different players, but in that same way that you just let him go. And if he's open, you hit him because he's going to go up and he's going to moss that corner. If he's not great, look elsewhere. So I think Deion Smith is, is kind of the, if I was, in charge of the recruiting process and i had a choice of the four guys who are kind of in the mix and zach you can talk a little more about the other three and who else they're looking at i think you go after Deion smith and from everything we've heard if he is able to leave baton rouge and it's a big if he's coming to oxford so i think if you can figure out that admission stuff and now, as we know, with a- athletics and academics, there's always a workaround. If you can find that workaround and get him in Oxford, I think he makes a huge, huge mark on the Ole Miss program, not just next year in 2022 when the team is not rebuilding but refinding its offense after you know the loss of pretty much the entire backfield. Deion Smith can be someone that you can look to to sure up okay, hey, we have our number one guy. Let's look for him first and then see where else is, who else is open. And, and I think him and Jackson Dart could be a very legitimate, tangible duo in Oxford.
1: Yeah, I spoke with, with Ben Garrett um, of the, uh, the Old Miss spirit earlier today. He still insists that it's, it's all a go with Deion Smith. It's just a matter of getting eligible and then uh, reporting to Old Miss in the summer. I'm still a little bit more in a wait and see. I think the longer that he's there in Baton Rouge, the less likely it is. But um, I think Ben is very well sourced on this, and, and, and I don't doubt what he's saying. It's just maybe a little bit of the skeptic in me. Um, but, uh, yeah, you can rest assured Ole Miss is still, still going to recruit him and still going to want to bring him in. And, and another key thing here is that he's still in the portal. He has not removed his name from the portal if he had removed his name from the portal that would be a completely different conversation but um, another thing and this is a great segue into talking about the receiver room and, and what's going to be on the field in 2022 just to clear up any questions or concerns that people have about Deion Smith you know why can't he just report to Ole Miss and then get eligible in class in Oxford well um, with the the free one-time transfer rule um, this is I'm Not 100% on this, but I feel like this is the case. He has to be eligible before leaving his first destination to go to the next one to have the free one-time transfer be valid. So it's a different situation from when Jalen Knox left Missouri and was not eligible and had to sit out, and then he will be on the field in 2022. So that was before the free one-time transfer had passed with the NCAA. So, at the time, they were like, sure, Knox, you can go to Ole Miss. You just can't play in 2021. Um, He has forgotten quite a bit um, when talking about the wide receiver room. I think they expect him to not only be a factor at the receiver position, I think he is probably going to start um, at the receiver position. Six foot, 210, um, kind of a, a bigger Elijah Moore type guy. Um, you know, he's heavier than Elijah Moore was when he was in college and he's a little bit taller, but yeah, just a really quick guy that you can work in the slot can make you miss in small spaces and is a really good route runner. And, uh, he, he was a star throughout the season in practice, um, whether it was on the scout team, given the, the, the number one defensive look or just working in drills with the receivers. Um, the staff raved about him and his work ethic. So um, I expect him to, to be a, a big part of the offense in 2022. He's a guy that made 77 career catches at Missouri, had over a thousand yards and four touchdowns there in three years. I think he's going to be a, uh, a name that Ole Miss fans know in 2022 at that position. Look and, at, oh, go ahead. And
2: the, the, we're not the only ones who think that, you know, like he has forgotten about name because he just has been sitting on the sideline for most of the year, but the NFL scouts are pretty high on him too. I mean, this guy's already been named to the Reese's senior bowl watch list. So the fact that he's already on that list, despite sitting out an entire year, just goes to show (laughs) that he is an NFL caliber player who scouts and pro organizations are ready to watch in Lane Kiffin's and now Chuck Weiss's offense and see how he can develop on a better team because Missouri just wasn't very good. So his numbers don't necessarily pop out, but they weren't bad considering how bad Missouri was. So now scouts and NFL teams are excited about watching Jalen Knox blossom at Ole Miss.
1: Speaking of big bodied receivers, um, you and I have talked about this uh, offline. We talked about it before we started the show. I think we both fully expect Malik Keith, to be in an Ole Miss uniform in 2022 um, because of the self-reported tampering allegations or violations, however you want to uh, phrase it, um, back in, I believe, 2019, uh, when Ole Miss was recruiting Jerry and Jones and Fabian Lovett who were leaving Mississippi State. Uh, They eventually ended up at Florida State, but because of that, Malik Heath will not be allowed to enroll at Ole Miss until the summer uh, we both expect him to be a rebel. Not sure when an announcement will happen, but he will be in that wide receiver room. Um, 6'3", 215, put up some some good numbers. Uh, obviously, in Mike Leach's air raid, it, it's kind of, a, you know, it's almost like a by-committee approach to the, to the receiver room. You know, it's almost like a running back by-committee, where you're not going to have one guy that really gets showcased. It's going to be spread around, but, in two seasons, um, after a stint at Colin in junior college, he had 71 receptions, 749 yards, and eight touchdowns. Uh, you talked about Deion Smith being a guy that you can go to in the red zone, can win one on one battles. Heath is another guy it's the same way six foot three, over 200 pounds. The ball skills are there. Um, former Under Armour All American when he was coming out of high school. Um, he's a Mississippi guy. I think that, that he's someone who, and this is pending recovering from an off-season car wreck that was pretty serious. I think he's going to be fine. Um, but this is someone that, that again, brings you a, a frame and a skill set that was missing from that room in
2: 2021. And, again, like you said, from everything we have heard thus far, with the tampering and uh, the self-reported tampering and all that stuff for, you know, all the, all the, the reasons that he can't be on campus for the spring. The expectation is that Malik Heath will be on campus this summer. So it's, it's almost more of a, when not an, if at this point, and that's pretty cool because he is that body that fills that need for a, a tall, big guy out on the edge. And then if you get some of the other names they just become a supplemental bonus. So having him all but in the bag at this point must make the Ole miss staff feel pretty confident as they go into the portal and look for other guys who sure, would they like to get some other guys? Yes, if they miss out on them, okay, not a huge deal because you can fall back on Malik Keith, who is a very good talent and did very good things at Mississippi state and at Colin. So I think that's kind of a nice tool to have in your pocket, if you will, knowing that he's there or at least will be there more than likely as you go out and search for these other guys, like a name that would be very interesting. And now we don't know how realistic it might be, but brew McCoy has been in the transfer portal for quite a while. Now the USC uh, wide receiver, five-star guy out of high school, um, like I believe he was the National High School All Player of the Year by Max Preps out of high school, yeah. committed to USC, enrolled for the spring, transferred to Texas, transferred back to USC. Couldn't really figure out where he wanted to play, what he wanted to do. But, I mean, last year he he played pretty well. And in 2020 he made a good impact. He's another guy who could be a very legitimate target in an offense that likes to throw the ball a lot. Now we know that Charlie Weiss's offense and Lane Kiffin's offense isn't an air raid like the Mike Leach's of the world, like the Graham Harrell's of the world, but almost throws the ball a good bit and they look for their big targets. So if Brew McCoy is an option, if he's somebody that might be interested with reuniting with Dart in Oxford and with Trigg in Oxford, he could be a very, very, crucial component to put the offense over the edge into not just necessarily 10 win territory, but if someone like Brew McCoy steps into Ole Miss's offense, again, we don't know what that looks like, what his timeline is like. He likely will wait for the summer too. Not sure what's going on with him, who he's looking at, et cetera. But if you could get him in powder blue next season, that makes Ole Miss's offense among the top in the nation if they aren't already. So I think that would be really interesting if that's something that Olmes could pull off, but who knows? And his timeline and his history is so wonky with deciding on schools that nobody really knows what to expect out of him. But he would be a very, very interesting guy if you can get him to Oxford.
1: Yeah, I mean, the theme of the show seems to be Big body receivers and McCoy is certainly that 6'3, 220. Uh, you mentioned he was the 2018 Max Preps National Player of the Year and he was at Modern Day in California. Um, I, I mean, I don't know what else he could have done. As a senior, he had 78 receptions for 1,428 yards, over 18 yards of catch, 18 touchdowns. Uh, he also had uh, played some defense, um, had six and a half tackles for loss, five sacks, two force fumbles. Two uh t- two deflections. Um he played for two <laughs> national um champion teams at Modern Day, and then yeah, like you said, originally signed with USC, chose to transfer to Texas after Cliff Kingsbury was announced as the OC and then left for the NFL to be the head coach of the Cardinals, participated in spring drills at Texas, and then opted to transfer back to USC. Um now played in 2020 during the COVID season. Um, only played in six games, started three times. We had 21 catches for 236 yards and two touchdowns. Um, didn't participate in 2021, except he was suspended indefinitely, was not reinstated. Now sources tell us that he is in search of a, a fresh start. He wants to leave Los Angeles, restart everything as a redshirt sophomore, you know, three years of eligibility left. Um But, yeah, he's added to the hot list, and it is basically because it's a no-brainer. He is a guy that I think lots of teams are going to want. Um, In high school, he took official visits to Texas, USC, UCLA, Washington, and Oklahoma. Uh, I I don't know this for a fact. I would probably rule out Oklahoma since now Lincoln Riley is at USC, and he obviously doesn't want to be there. Um, Not sure if he would go to Texas after trying it one time. Uh, UCLA could potentially be in the mix here as he's a California guy, but with the fresh start theme, I think he might be looking elsewhere, but I think you touched on it there with the familiarity that he has with Jackson Dart and Michael Trigg. He's been in a locker room with those two. Um, I'd imagine that they're probably going to potentially reach out and get in his ear and try to get him to come to Oxford with them. But I mean, this is someone that had you know notable offers from Alabama, Georgia, a and uh, Michigan, Tennessee, Oregon, Notre Dame, Florida, Ohio State. I mean, everybody offered him. So I think that Ole Miss is potentially a legitimate player here. I, I, I don't know how far the conversations have gone, but, I mean, you look at just the, the connections with John David Baker, who was on staff at USC when he was there. We, we mentioned Dart and Trigg. Um, they just hired Dane Stevens, who is an assistant there that's now at Ole Miss. Um, Lane Kiffin is a guy that's, that's you know, synonymous with, with California and being from out west. And, uh, oh, by the way, his offense is pretty friendly to big athletes who can make plays in space. So that's another five-star guy that, I mean, the 2022 transfer class is already loaded. Um, I think it's the best transfer class in the country. I think you do too. Um, you look at the, the depth and uh, the types of players that they're adding. Um, if Brew McCoy is somebody that you add, I mean, I, I think the offense is potentially better in 2022 uh, with just the, the ceiling that you, that you have, the, the caliber of athlete that you're adding at, at impact positions. Um, you know, the, the skill guys get a ton of credit. But I mean, you look at they added a guy, a, a, a multi All Conference uh Conference USA selection, and Mason Brooks, who's going to solidify one side of the offensive line.
0: He you had Zach.
1: So good. Yeah, I mean, you, you're you're helping the offensive line immediately. He can step in and, and play right or left tackle. You're bringing in Zach Evans, the former five star running back from TCU. You, you've got a you've got a quarterback that you've added to the room to compete with with Luke Altmaier. You've got a surefire impact tight end, and Michael Trigg, and then now you're bringing in all these receivers that are bigger than what you've got and can make plays down the field and in the red zone. I mean, it's just, uh, it's it's been pretty remarkable, the success that they've had in the portal. All right, we've talked a lot of offense. We've talked a lot of impact guys in the portal that are heading to Oxford. We're going to talk defense on the other side. We're going to hear from the sponsors one more time. Hang tight. We'll be right back to discuss the latest edition of Georgia Tech defensive end, Jared Ivey. So quick word from the sponsors, and we'll be right back. Podcast brought to you by Protection Unlimited Incorporated, the Mid-South's leader in commercial and residential alarm security. Wayne Lowry and his team have been serving the greater Memphis area and North Mississippi for 50-plus years and would love to get your business and or family protected today. They offer cutting-edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options, and they're monitoring 24-7, 365. You can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com. Podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis' leading team of finance professionals. They can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner, Ben Still, along with his elite-level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at BluffCityAdvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Barry Home Team. You're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home, call Stacy and Rick Barry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. Call them, 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Barry Home Team, you can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at saddlecreektitle.com or call them 901-753-1600 show brought to you by davis mcford state farm if you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates look no further than davis and his team they're your one-stop shop in alabama arkansas tennessee and mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want so stop looking around give davis a call he is ready to help 901-755-6110 and get your surprisingly great rates today like a good neighbor state farm is there
3: That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit ufeofficialcom slash lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Ufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network.
1: And we are back here on Knock Committed. Zach Barry Grayson, we are with you. All right, before we close up, Grayson, we do need to discuss the latest edition from the portal that Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss have added. Georgia Tech defensive lineman, edge rush guy, Jared Ivey. This guy is uh, is pretty interesting in his kind of, uh, I guess, rise into the player that he has become. Uh, Swanee Georgia prospect, played at North Gwinnett High School, was a two-sport guy, played basketball, but basically went from being a 215-pound tweener who had a ton of Power 5 offers – um, the likes of Arizona State, Colorado, Duke, Iowa, Miami, Michigan State, Notre Dame, Stanford, Tennessee, had some – had an impressive offer sheet, but he was just kind of a tweener. He was 215 pounds. He was just a – you know, was a really good athlete that was long, could get after you, but people weren't really sure what he could do. Kind of fast forward a couple of years, he's now 6'6", 275 pounds, played 20 games in Atlanta when he was with Georgia Tech, made 40 total tackles, seven tackles for loss, and one and a half sacks. What do you think Ole Miss is getting in Jared Ivey?
2: I think there's an argument to be made that he's the best player Ole Miss has signed in the transfer portal. And I know that's bold because you and I are unbelievably high on Jackson Dart. We love Mason Brooks. But Jared Ivey is a freak. I don't know if anyone out there saw the video. If you haven't, head over to my Twitter, check it out. This dude was throwing down 360 degree dunks in transition in high school at 6 foot 6, 215-225 pounds, give or take. Like you said, he's now up to 6'6, 275. Once you get him in Oxford and get him working with Savage, there's a good chance that Jared Ivy could be playing at 6'6, 280, 6'6, 285. I mean, he's only a sophomore. So this guy is 19, 20 years old. I don't know how exactly old he is but he's 19 20 years old he's already 275 and he's still growing into his frame so you could have a guy playing an edge rush position who is as fast if not faster than Sam Williams at 66 280 66 285 if all things go according to plan in the weight room that's freakish i mean that's that's at the point where you don't even consider him a position player because you can put him anywhere and he'll be an impact. Now, you can't put him at corner. You can't put him at safety, whatever, just because he's too big and he'll get beat by the faster guys. But you put him anywhere on the line, he can make an impact. If you told me that the defensive tackle for, for next season was going to be 6'6", 275, I would say yes. If you told me that a linebacker was going to be 6'6", 275, I would say yes. If you told me that the edge rusher, like Jared Ivey will be, is going to be 6'6", 275, I would say absolutely Yes. So I think he comes in and fills that Sam Williams role as good, if not better than Sam Williams. And I know that's a big shoes to fill because Sam Williams was another freak guy who I think is going to make a big impact on the NFL level. But Jared Ivy could be even better. I mean, this guy is wicked athletic to the point where you look at him and you think, Oh, you know, he might be sluggish. He might be a strong guy. No, he'll probably keep up with the position players in win sprints. And that's, pretty unfathomable for a guy that is his size so i i think he we talked about it last week about how i said georgia tech might be a little bit of a trap game i am retracting that statement i think week three at georgia tech his former school with his family and friends there watching him at all miss now i think georgia tech is going to be jared ivy's coming out party and i think that's that's when people start to take note of this Georgia kid who was a four-star guy out of, out, of, out of high school and had a lot of offers, but wasn't someone that was a household name, if you will. I think after the Georgia Tech game, when he goes home, plays in front of his people in a stadium that he knows well against a team that he knows well against an offense that he has practiced against for the last two years, I think by the end of that game, Jared Ivey is going to be a household name the same way that Sam Williams was after his coming out party the end of last season, early this season. And and I think that Jared Ivey is just a phenomenal athlete. I could not be more excited as a fan for his addition because it's just going to be something where you're going to know his name and you're going to be excited about him for the next two years i mean could he have an unbelievable season head to the nfl draft next year sure is that going to happen probably not so you can be excited about this guy for two years and shout out to ole miss on this one the staff really did their due diligence because the second he hit that transfer portal they got on the phone with him and they said look we don't want you to even think about other places we have a need at your position we have molded guys like you into NFL prospects in our system before we can do that again with you. We want you in Oxford. They were the first call they had him on the phone first and it paid off because now he's coming to Ole Miss. And, and like I said, he could be the biggest, most important player. I mean, obviously outside of the quarterback one position in this transfer portal class, And of all the players that Lane Kiffin has signed and brought in to Ole Miss since his arrival, I'm so high on this guy and I could talk about him for hours and I could talk about his highlights and his numbers, but I'll let you folks at home do that. Just search Jared Ivy highlights and you'll be delightfully surprised.
1: It's it is big shoes to fill when you talk about Sam Williams, all American in 2021. 57 tackles, 15 tackles for loss, 12 and a half sacks. I mean, we, we were talking about at the end of the regular season during the Heisman conversation or during the Heisman ceremony. I mean, his numbers were as good as Aiden Hutchison's. Um, I, I mean, it, it wasn't like he was just some middle of the road guy in the SEC. I mean, he was, I mean, he had a stat line that rivaled the guy that was in New York at the Heisman trophy ceremony. So you're, you're having to replace someone like Sam Williams, who was such a big factor off the edge. But I, I agree with you. I think Ivy is, is a huge get for this team, for this defense, for Chris Partridge and Chris Kiffin's defense. Um, and you put him on the other side of Cedric Johnson, who quietly had himself a great year. 32 tackles, eight tackles for loss, and six and a half sacks on the other side of Sam Williams. I think you got Cedric Johnson and Brandon Mack on the defensive end uh, on the other side. Um, you know, could it be Matt? Could it be Ivy? Um, could someone like Demont Clowney step up and, and, and finally um, start to, you know, fill that potential that they saw in him when he was coming out of will. St. Francis Academy? Um, and then another guy that, that's kind of put on some weight and moved down to the first level in Jack Brown, uh, the former linebacker out of Horn Lake, um, an explosive guy that's played a ton of special teams because of his speed and his skill set. He's another guy that they expect to to have a factor Um, you mentioned the impact that Nick Savage could have on Ivy's uh, development. Once he gets to Oxford, if he could slide inside um, I don't think they would hate that because you're going to put him in a room with guys like Isaiah Itan, Jamon Gordon, Talik Robbins, um, Taiwan Malone. I mean, you're you're, you're putting him in a room with guys that are as big or bigger. And uh, he's probably going to be outside of Malone, um, the most athletic one in there. So uh, a lot of versatility there, a lot of flexibility and where they could put him on the defensive line. But yeah, I mean, just a, an outstanding get, you know, at the quote unquote final hour um, to add Jared Ivy to the defensive line. I mean, Randall Joyner is I mean, the, 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 the toys that, that are going to be at his disposal in spring and summer, getting ready for, for fall. Uh, I mean, you know, he's got to be excited because um, it's it's not every day that you, you just get to add a six six two 275 pound guy that's played power five football. So, um, yeah, I can't say enough about what they've done in the portal. Um, all right. Before we close up shop here, um, do you think there's anybody else that, that we have yet to discuss either on the hot list or someone that's out there that you might be paying attention to?
2: Well, we talked a little bit about it last week during the mailbag, which we'll do again this Thursday. So anyone listening now, get your questions in. On Ole Miss Spirit, on three. Um, but Cam Butler, the defensive lineman out of Miami, I don't know if the addition of Jared Ivy affects his decision. Um, I, I think they're different players because they serve different purposes. Um, but Cam Butler is someone who would make a lot of sense and really turn that defensive line, which – as Ole Miss fans know, has kind of been the kryptonite over the last God, I mean six, seven years now. Um, I can't even put a put a finger on the last defensive lineman outside of Sam Williams, who again, edge rusher, so kind of different. Um, who like really made a huge impact. I guess Benito Jones. Um
1: I'd say you probably have to go back to twenty. 20- 15, 16. I can't remember his last year. Marquise Haynes. Yes. Um, who, yeah, uh, I believe broke the sacks record, but I mean, that feels like forever ago. But, but yeah, I mean, they haven't had a dominant edge guy in a while. Oh, no.
2: and so bringing in Cam Butler across from Jared Ivey, even if Cam isn't the starter, I think he would be, um, but having the ability in a system that all miss runs, which is basically not really position based it's kind of just get your athletes on the field and have them make plays cam butler is one of those guys that fits into a a scheme that almost like Olmis runs very well because he's able to play a linebacker a little bit he's able to play that edge rusher he's able to you could push him out to a wide nine you can have him standing in a two point on the edge like sam williams did a lot last year or you can move him inside and get put it put all three points on the ground and have them in a three point stance. So uh, we talked about it a little bit last week, so I won't go into him in nauseam, but I mean, a, a two year second team, all Mac player in 2019, 2020, believe he was first team all Mac last year, if not first team, three years, second team, all Mac, very big guy at 6'2, 250. you know, not from a height standpoint, but he's got the muscle on the frame. And that makes a huge difference, has two years of eligibility left if he so chooses. I think he could be very interesting alongside Jared Ivey. And and he's going to be someone who decides likely before the summer. I don't think he'll be at Ole Miss. Well, he can't now that the academic window has passed. He won't be playing spring ball in Oxford. But I don't think he'll even be enrolled at Oxford until – or his next school until – the summer and the fall. Um, so there's some time there and there's a lot of waiting games and there's a lot of conversations to be had between the staff and him. Um, but if you had to ask me right now, if I thought he would be playing at Ole Miss next year, I think the, the the probability is pretty high. Now, does Jared Ivy change things? How does it look after the spring? Does Ole Miss even need him or want him? I don't know. But if you said right now, you know, Cam Butler gets in the system this summer. I think he wins that edge rusher position. Him and Jared Ivey are a, a dominant one-two punch off of the edge, causing havoc for opposing quarterbacks. So I think he would be really fun. But outside of that, the biggest need, like you, we've talked about on the first segment, is at that big wide receiver position. And it seems like that's the priority for the here and now. And that seems to be number one on the big board, Um to kind of fill things out in that receiver room and get everything in order before the fall. And now with all of this being said, the transfer window transfer portal rather um, does not have a transfer window like the English premier league or like soccer clubs. I think it will in a couple of years. I think that'll be the first thing that the NCAA changes to kind of reel in the transfer portal a little bit. There might be a transfer window in the, winter, you know, after the regular season closes out and there might be a transfer window in the spring after spring ball closes out, but I don't think that players will be able to transfer year round the way that they are right now. Now, with that being said, those are not the rules at the moment. So, there are a lot of names that could still pop into the portal and there will be a ton of names that enter the portal after spring ball and once they see how the kind of the depth chart shakes out around the country. So, stay tuned. Two not committed, myself and Zach Barry, we will be talking about, you know, guys speculative or otherwise that Ole Miss could continue to target. But in the meantime, it will be that big wide receiver, maybe Cam Butler. Um, and until then, you know, we just wait and
1: see. I think if you told Randall Joyner that he goes into 2022 without Sam Williams, but he gets Cedric Johnson back and he adds Jared Ivey and Cam Butler. I mean, that's a three-headed monster off the edge that uh, that I think he would take at the drop of a hat. So, absolutely, um, yeah, Cam Butler's certainly one to keep an eye on. Uh, he's not anywhere near a decision, as far as I've been told. He's going to take his time and wait until the summer. But, yeah, it, you'll take a guy that's 6'3", 252 pounds, and uh, made 53 tackles, eight sacks, three forced fumbles, and an interception. Uh, yeah, you'll, you'll take those uh, – any way you can get them. So, um, so yeah, I think they're, they're still monitoring wide receivers, but also looking for defensive impact guys to uh, continue to rebuild that defense that was really starting to make strides in 2021. Um, So that's going to do it for not committed. We will be back recording Thursday evening, coming to you Friday, doing a mailbag and then talking about anything and everything, transfer portal and recruiting. Thanks again to Grayson for joining me. Thanks again to you, the listener, for tuning in. And as always, thank you to the sponsors that make the show possible. We'll talk again later this week, bud.
2: Yeah, it sounds good. I'm looking forward
1: to it. All right. We out.